Hey, welcome back to Hit the Court Breaking Point series. My name is Josh Chan, a former national junior tennis player, former member of the Harvard men's tennis team, and uh, current coach to competitive junior tennis players. Today, we're going to talk about the vicious cycle. Uh, it's uh, some people call it the Bermuda Triangle, the uh, Three Musketeers. Uh, I call it the vicious cycle. And essentially, it consists of three parties. Uh, you have the clueless parents. Uh, the dubious coaches, and players who are stuck in limbo between being over-rigid or being too lackadaisical with their attitude. And essentially what a lot of people don't realize is that, especially here in Southern California, there is a very unhealthy dynamic between those three parties, the coaches, the players, and the parents. And I'm about to explain what the issue is and why this is one of the leading reasons uh, SoCal tennis, junior tennis in general, hasn't really changed in terms of the the landscape, the in terms of the social dynamics, in terms of uh, the struggles that all three of those parties face um, on a on a day to day basis, and and it's been like this at least for the past I would say more than two decades now because I've been playing the sport for more than two decades and nothing has changed. Uh, in those regards. So first, I'm going to start off by saying that um, there are just a, just so many, so many bad coaches out there. And it drives me crazy because I, I'll see some coaches who are well-intentioned and they've got a good heart. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of them out there. But I see plenty of coaches who are just out there either for the money and or just don't know what they're talking about. When it comes to this, and they're just completely bluffing and preying on the insecurity of the parents and the players, it drives me absolutely insane. You know, for coaches, you can be certified certified by the USTA. You go through this whole process. You can be certified by the PTR, and you again, you go through this whole process. You pay a fee. You get a membership. You get insurance, and then you are deemed worthy of coaching the next generation of American tennis players. But that's it though there is no other accountability factor they could go to a country club they could go to a, a park and you know, provide they have a contract or whatever and they can just pretty much coach however they want to coach now you're probably thinking well if they're a bad coach they're not going to get good business right they're not going to succeed wrong because the problem is they will not target because that sounds predatory but they will work with people who don't know what the sport is about and have never played the sport. So those people don't know any better. And these coaches, they know that they don't know a lot, but they're willing to say big ticketed items like, oh, I used to know this player. I used to hit with so-and-so who's now a professional tennis player when I was a junior. We, were, we used to practice on the same court together. And they would try, they'll, they'll try to peacock and puff up their feathers and say, yeah, I've got all these great things about me. Now take a lesson with me because Clearly, I know exactly what I'm talking about. When they probably have no idea where and how to even explain, you get topspin. And and that's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying because there's no, again, there's no accountability. When you go to a country club, tennis coaches aren't rated on, on their ability to coach. They're rated on customer service because that is what a country club is. They service the, the, the club members. Uh, you go to a park definitely not. You go to a tennis academy and you might actually get some sort of 
uh, I don't know, uh, performance review or evaluation on that. You might get some training. I know uh, in Europe, for example, I know they're very uh, – some, you know, some of the tennis academies, they're very uh, strict, you know, strict about that. But uh, that's – that's not here though, right? So I'm just thinking in Southern California, we don't have any, you know, too many, too many tennis academies, but the ones that we do, right? I've been there. I've seen the coaches. I've seen them do their clinics and I'm sorry, but you know, when coaches take a court, they are not being evaluated on what they're coaching. They just can, they're just going to say what they think is right. And that's it. There's no accountability. And it's crazy because you you go to a doctor's office and you go, hey doc, listen, I got this terrible, you know, terrible, terrible migraine migraine going on. Can you help me out here? And the doc goes, you know what? We're gonna put you in an X-ray. And the patient says, wait, wait, what are you talking about? I, I, it's a migraine. I, 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 there's nothing skeletal wrong, is it? No, no. Listen, I'm the doctor. I'm the doctor. You gotta listen to me, right? So they go get an X-ray, and the patient comes out and says, "Okay, that literally nothing helped there, doc." And uh, and 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 next thing you know, the doc's like, "You know what? We're gonna send you into surgery." And the patient's like, "What are you talking about? Wait, I don't understand." And the doctor gives some sort of bull, you know, BS answer about, "Oh, well, it could be this, could be this. We're gonna do exploratory surgery." And the patient comes out, and uh, and you know, after the surgery, he's like, "I, I got some terrible pain." Blah, blah blah. What what happens in modern day? The patient sues. The patient sues, the hospital conducts an investigation, and there's accountability. He said, what did you tell this person? And it's very possible the doctor could, can, you know, they'll get sued. And if they, uh, if it's bad enough, they could even potentially get fired from the hospital. And that doesn't happen in the tennis world, at least not for most people. Okay, so that's part one. It's very hard to find a good coach these days. Number two, parents. Unfortunately, a lot of parents who take up the sport of tennis, they never played themselves because a lot of parents who did play the sport, I'll, you know what? I'll be honest. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but most of the parents that I know who, who, uh, uh, who have kids playing the sport never really play. And the ones who have played it usually don't encourage their kids to play the sport because they just, they, they know how difficult and crazy it is to go through this go through this journey. So you have parents who don't really know what is good and what is bad. And what they do is they shop around, they will go to one academy to another academy and talk to coaches and try to accumulate information. And all the while the player, the player, their child or player is practicing and absorbing information and becoming influenced by their surrounding. But really they, you know, again, at the end of the day, the parents don't know what's good or bad. And so if they get told something that seems even remotely possibly logical, they bite onto it. They hold onto it and say, yeah, okay, 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 finally got the answer, right? That's a problem because what happens is if parents, they don't continue to explore and try to elevate themselves in terms of the knowledge of the sport, they get stuck with potentially a really bad coach and the parents don't know any better. Now, another problem is that some parents go the opposite direction. Some parents recognize how difficult this sport is and they want to get as much information as possible, but they literally shop around to the point where they, don't, they won't stay with a good coach even if the good coach is standing right in front of them because they're, they're, in a, they're, they're just on a roll. They're going from coach to coach to coach to coach all around Southern California, all around the country until 
they I don't actually you know what I don't know where it really ends because you know I've seen so many of these parents and ultimately what happens is they burn bridges with all these other coaches they burn bridges and eventually their students or their sorry their kids come out in a very what I like to call a Frankenstein style of playing meaning it's a little bit of here a little bit of there a little bit from that coach the strokes look a little bit a little funky a little wonky because one coach said one thing and the other said something else and then this poor player is trying to trying to figure out how to hit a backhand and it comes out a little wonky uh and so there are also those types of parents and and the problem is again these parents whatever whatever you know side of the spectrum are uh, you know they're they're on they ultimately you know they they perpetuate and they feed these bad coaches because what's what's happening is these coaches know that there's no loyalty here. They know that there's no loyalty in the game, no matter what parents say, or you know, for most parents at least, most parents are like, oh, you know, love to learn from you, love to learn from you, love to learn from you. But in a re- but deep down, the coaches know, yeah, odds are this parent's going to move on because that's exactly what happens with most people, and and the ones who do end up staying at one place, right? You got at those parents, you know, they yeah, kind of. Sometimes they they get caught up and they don't elevate their knowledge and they say, you know what, let's just stay here and let's just make the most of it. And that's really unfortunate. So that's the second part of the problem. And the third piece of the puzzle is the students themselves. Now, as kids, it's very difficult to handle the pressure. It's very difficult to to handle the the, the practice sessions and the discipline and the tears and the sweat and, and, and the exhaustion that goes into playing and training for the sport. And all the while, you're expected to win. You're expected to perform. You're expected to have fun. You're ex- you know, there's just so many expectations for these poor kids. And they are honestly kind of just left standing there wondering, what do we, what do I do? And they kind of get dragged around. And so you get these kids who essentially decide, you know what, what's the point of really thinking for myself here? And they sort of develop this very rigid mentality where it's like, you know what, I'm just going to show up to this one place that I've been going to. And uh, I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm just going to do this, 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 and then I'm just going to move on. Or you end up with kids who are very, uh, who, who lack a lot of discipline because they're thinking to themselves, what's the point of all of this? What's the point of all of this? I, I know my coach isn't good. I know my parents don't know anything about tennis and they feel like they're all, they're left alone. So it's like, why, why should I commit myself to this? Why bother with it? This is a very vicious cycle, in my opinion. You get these three three combinations going, and I've seen it since I was a kid, and and I just don't see how anybody wins it in these types of scenarios. But it's rampant. It's all throughout at least Southern California, and I know it's happening in other sections. So when we talk about one of the biggest problems with this sport, and when I, when I talk about the the fact that uh, that the problem starts with the parents, right? I mean, this is this is part. Of, this is all that I'm talking about. This is everything that I'm talking about. The the the, the problem. The, the reason why kids will feel like they, you know, they can't succeed is because they are stuck in a broken system, and parents are stuck in a broken system. But I've but I emphasize 
the parent side of it because the parents can control where the kids go. The parents can control how they have their relationship with their child and they can they at the center of it all the parents are the ones who are essentially acting as like the middleman and they can ultimately be the solution there is no real way to force coaches into accountability there really really isn't and for kids they're just too young and there's they don't have enough experience in life just yet to develop a mature enough mindset to overcome all these obstacles so really a lot of this, you know, this vicious cycle, it, all three people, you know, parties, the parents, the coaches, the players, they play off of each other. But at the end of the day, if you get a parent and, 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 and you make them knowledgeable about the system and you make them knowledgeable about what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is a, you know, what's a good coach, what's a bad coach, where, you know, what's the process like? How do we get them from A to B? How should we respond when, you know, when the child loses a close match versus, how, you know, responding to when, how the child, you know, how they should respond when the child loses a match, like in a big blowout fashion, right? These are things that if we can educate the parents, if we can somehow get this message across, there actually might be a possibility to break this vicious cycle. And just maybe, and just maybe some kid you know, here in LA will one day not have to suffer this vicious cycle that at some point or another, we've all been through, myself included. And that's also why I know this personally. This is why I'm, I'm speaking about this also from a very personal perspective. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hit the Court Breaking Point. Again, my name is Josh, and I hope to catch you on the next episode.